Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back to 20-ish. It is Zita. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, For those who are new to my podcast, 20-ish is a podcast for millennials, created by a millennial, for millennials. Um, And we are currently in a series we would like to call Low Key Like Hella Good As F Review, where we are reviewing Insecure um, that was created by the lovely Issa Rae. Um, So that is what that is what today is. That is what we are doing today. We are getting a little bit of a late start, but we're pulling through. Um, so I wanted to thank everyone for um, bearing with me last week. Um, last week, I did not do a review of Insecure, and that was, and la- episode eight was definitely a highlight of the season, um, but I didn't feel like it was appropriate considering all of the things that were going on in the country concerning George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, and the racial tension, um, and basically the issues stemming from police brutality in specifically African-American communities. So I didn't feel like it was appropriate, so I did not talk about Insecure last week. But if you would like to know my thoughts on that, please uh, watch Remember in November, where I address specifically Black Lives Matter, uh, George Floyd's death and Breonna Taylor's death and all of the other um, in Black people who have been killed by police. Um, and I discussed those things. So, uh, but we are back to our regularly scheduled program. Next week is the season finale of Insecure. We are on week nine. This is the, the episode before the, the episode before the season finale Low-key happy? I think the name of Low-key happy. I think that's the name of the uh, um I think that's the name of episode 9. Anyway, let's get started. I'm rambling enough, so let it let's get into um the episode. Okay, I got notes, y'all. I took hella notes on the episode. Um, first of all, I wanted to say that this episode was directed by Carrie Washington. Um, phenomenal job. Carrie Washington did a phenomenal job. And honestly, I could tell the difference between when she directed the episode and I guess the other directors that they have had. I don't know if I know Lawrence directed an episode, uh, the Mexico episode with Yvonne and, um, I, I don't know the gentleman's name, but the guy who plays Andrew. And I want to say Kelly, aka Natasha Rothwell, directed the episode eight, uh, the episode of um, between Lawrence and Issa. I want to say that either she directed it or she wrote it, uh, but she she was definitely heavily involved in that episode. And Carrie Washington directed this episode, um, episode nine. And um, I actually, it's funny enough because I watched the Instagram live that Issa did um, when the fir- when the season was first premiering and she did an Instagram live with Yvonne Orji who plays Molly. And they were talking about this very episode and how actually Issa was sick with the flu. She had the flu while she was shooting this episode. And apparently 
Yvonne was very ill when she was shooting the Mexico episode, which I thought was very interesting and a good background. So Issa was sick with the flu on episode nine. And apparently Carrie Washington is a very, um, she's a stickler for a director. She kept on pushing the actors to go outside of themselves and go and go deeper into the character. Um, and Yvonne was talking about how she uh, did that with both of them. Um, so I thought that that was a good uh, background to episode nine. Okay. So da, 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 I was wrong. Uh, I said in remember, remember November, my podcast episode last week that I thought Issa and Lawrence's reconciliation was only for 24 hours. Um, no, <laughs> they are, uh, back together. I think it's a little unclear. It's a little unclear what they're doing or what this is. Um, but in the opening scene, we see a montage of different days, uh, uh, spliced together. And we see Issa and Lawrence on their reconciliation reconnection tip. At first, when I first wa- when I first was watching the episode, I was like, "This is not real." <laughs> I was like, "This is not real. This is like Insecure does this a lot. Like sometimes they'll show a scene and it it feels like it's actually this is what's actually happening, and then we realize that it was actually like a daydream or something, you know, something that a fantasy or something." So. When I first saw the scene with Lawrence and Issa, I was like, this ain't real. They, you know, Issa, this is a dream. Issa's having a dream or Lawrence is having a dream or something. Nah, it was real. Um, so Lawrence and Issa are back. I know. I don't know. I feel like people have mixed mixed feelings about this. I know a couple of my friends don't necessarily necessarily like it. And I know some of my friends who actually don't mind it at all because episode eight was so um, beautiful and well-written. And I'm going to try to review a little bit of episode eight, but I'm going to not do two reviews at once. I I know I said I was going to do it, but I'm not Um, because we are already late and it is already very late on a Tuesday. Um, But uh, episode eight, we saw the conversation that needed to happen between um, Issa and Lawrence about their relationship and what went wrong and what, and, and, and both of them, uh, holding themselves accountable. Um, but also, um, they recognized that they needed to be apart and they needed to grow in certain areas. So we saw that between Lawrence and, e- and Issa on episode eight. And then episode eight ended with them having sex after they like went out for dinner and drinks and went to the art walk. And then they went back to Lawrence's spot um, and Issa and and Lawrence ended up um, reconnecting in that way in an intimate, in a more intimate way. Um, So episode nine kind of picks up where they left off. But we see that they are, they have now, they are spending a lot of time together and they are working, you know, they're, I guess Issa is over there all the time now. And we see the couch, right? The couch has been such a figure in Insecure because the couch is basically, we were introduced to the couch in season one. 
And we see them have sex on the couch. We see them talk on the couch. We see them watch TV on the couch. We see them eat on the couch. Like the couch is very indicative of Issa and Lawrence's relationship. And um, I don't know, maybe the couch is very symbolic that as long as the couch is there, Issa and Lawrence will always have uh, some connection to each other because the couch represents their relationship or is very symbolic of their relationship. Um, So we see that, we see the couch in the opening scene of Insecure. And um, so so my thoughts on reconnecting with Lawrence, honestly, as much as I am a true, um, as much as I dislike Lawrence and the Lawrence Hive, I don't necessarily have a problem with this. And I'll tell you why. I think Lawrence and Issa have both reached a place in their life where they have now lived apart. They have now lived their lives apart. They have dated other people um, and they have grown in a lot of different ways. Like I loved Issa as the independent, you know, going after what she wants, being focused on her block party, trying to get stuff. Like I loved that Issa. I thought that that, that was the Issa we were going to see throughout the entire season, but that Issa gets lonely. And the one thing that I love about Insecure is that Insecure is very relatable. And it is very, it's not necessarily always what we want to happen or what we think is best for the the character. It's very much real life. And it's it's very indicative of relationships, specifically millennial relationships, because if you've dated anybody for a long period of time, it is very often and very common that you all break up and then you all reconnect. And then you all may break up again for good or reconnect again uh, because it's very difficult to uh, find a, a long lasting connection when you are a millennial. And there is something to be said about history and familiarity. And we saw that in Issa and Lawrence. You know, there is beauty in familiarity. There is beauty and there is value in not having to um, learn about someone, not having to go through the awkwardness of getting to know someone and what's your favorite color, what you like to eat. Like, there is none of that with Issa and Lawrence. And Condola was right. Condola talked about that. I think it was like episode six when she was saying that Lawrence has a connection with Issa that cannot be duplicated. You know, you don't get that connection with just anybody. You don't get that connection with someone you just met even. Um, That is a connection that you have with someone who you have literally spent most, well, I think for Easton Lawrence, they spent almost all of their 20s together, if not at least half of their 20s together, and maybe an early part of their 30s together. And there's value in that. And I, you know, I, um, I don't know if Lawrence and Issa reconnecting is a good or bad idea. I think Issa is a different woman in this relationship. And we saw that with her having that difficult conversation with Lawrence about Nathan and just being upfront and saying, Hey, you know, this is a guy that I, that I 
you know, dated it in the past. He's just a friend now, but I just wanted to tell you up front because I wanted to be honest. And we see Issa having that difficult moment or having that awkward conversation with Lawrence about Nathan. And she just kind of put it out there. And she did the same thing with Nathan later on in the in the show. I don't necessarily think that this is a permanent reconciliation with Lawrence and Issa. I mean, Lawrence is about to move to San Francisco. That's what y'all don't know. He's about to take this job and move to San Francisco. And then, so the question is, so what does this look, so what is this, right? Are they together? Are they trying to get back in a relationship? Or are they just going with the flow, trying to see where this goes? I don't foresee Lawrence... One, asking Issa to move to San Francisco. I don't foresee Lawrence not taking the job in San Francisco just because him and Issa um, are reconnecting. I don't see that either. Um, so I, while while it seems like this is permanent, to me, it doesn't feel permanent. To me, it feels more so it's okay and this is cool for right now. But obviously, if there's a material change in circumstance... <laughs> Um, shout out to all my people who know what that means. But if there's a material change in circumstance, I don't know if the reconciliation will continue. Um, so I don't know if it's, you know, I, I would, I would like to believe that Lawrence is a different person. And so he's a good fit for Issa. I don't know. I don't even remember if Lawrence even apologized or if they even apologized to each other in episode eight. And I tried to watch the recap, but it wasn't working on HBO now, but I don't recall them apologizing to each other. I think they just started talking about it. And sometimes, and a lot of times when we, when there has been time apart and people have had time to think and self-actualize and hold themselves accountable. Sometimes that forgiveness comes in the form of like, I have accepted the apology that I never received and I'm ready to move on. And I think that's where Issa and Lawrence were. Like they were like, listen, you we, we may not have apologized to each other. Like I am sorry, or maybe they did. I don't remember, um, but I have accepted your apology. I hope you accept my unspoken apology and we're moving forward. So again, we saw um, growth in Issa with her being able to have that difficult conversation with Lawrence. And then later on in the episode, we see Issa struggling with what to do with the with Nathan. Um, Nathan is back in her life, but more so in a friend in a friendship capacity. And they haven't really addressed any of the issues or any of the reasons why he ghosted her in the beginning. They've just kind of been cool. Um, and Issa volunteers to help Nathan move, which kind of speaks to, again, the impact that Molly and Molly's words has have had on Issa. Because we see now Issa doing a, or attempting to be a lot more um, helpful with her friendships, volunteering her time, volunteering her services, helping Nathan move, um, you know, paying for dinner, paying for lunch uh, in, in terms of, pay, I'm sorry, paying for brunch with her and Molly. We see Issa trying her best to not be who Molly says she is. And maybe that is also Issa, you know, self-correcting and editing herself and understanding that though the delivery of what Molly said was was foul, maybe what Molly said wasn't necessarily untrue. Maybe there was a little truth to it. 
So we have um, Issa going to go help Nathan move, and throughout the and th- during the move, <laughs> Issa attempts to try to tell let Nathan know that he's been friend zoned <laughs> um, with like the with like the bras and the homies and and that is so awkward because I've definitely done that before. I've definitely a friend zoned someone without having to talk about being friend zoned. And I've, you know, dapped them up and hit them with the my guy, my guy, and um, was good, bruh. Like, really tried to be on uh, some homie things. Um, so that that was very funny. Uh, but while Issa was helping Nathan move, Issa, again, has a very difficult conversation, a very awkward with Nathan, and says, listen, uh, me and Lawrence are trying to figure things out. This is where we are. So I just wanted to let you know. And Nathan tries to throw a little bit of shade um, and basically say like, oh, I thought you were done with that. He can be sometimey. When he when Nathan talk, tried to tell Issa that Lawrence was sometimey, I was like, wow, you have some nerve talking about sometimey men. Like I was like, Nathan, you literally ghosted Issa for what was it a was it a two weeks a month, and came back like not, everything was cool like no, we're not doing that. And Issa, Issa called him out, and Issa said, you know, you left for Houston, and I never heard from you. So let's not talk about sometimey. Um, and then that's when we learn, or Nathan actually confides in her that uh, what we all thought. Uh, that Nathan suffers from bipolar, I think he, was it bipolar depression? I don't know if he specifically said bipolar depression, but he is diagnosed as being bipolar. And we all kind of knew that Nathan's ghosting um, was a product of his mental illness. I'm not well-versed in mental health, um, so I can't speak to the... um, I wouldn't say symptoms, but the characteristics of someone who is depressed or suffers with anxiety or is bipolar. Um, And, you know, I think that I don't know how I feel about the writers. I kind you know, the writers kind of giving Nathan or, or, or being the reason why he ghosted Issa is because he realized that he struggled with mental illness or suffered from mental illness, from a mental illness, or he, I don't know. I I struggle with that because I'm like, okay, while I definitely understand that being, you know, suffering from mental illness is very real, specifically in the Black community, and it's not addressed enough and it is not talked about enough, and people are truly suffering, and I definitely recognize that. And I, um, I stand with people that do struggle. I don't know. I guess I have to talk to someone who does, who is struggling or who has been diagnosed uh, with a mental illness about how they feel about the writers kind of using um, Nathan's mental health as an excuse for how he treated Issa. Like, I want to talk to somebody that deals with that about how they feel like is that real you know and if it is real is there any kind of conversation that should be had with someone that is kind of um 
left by the wayside or ghosted or ignored by someone who's struggling? Like what, what are those conversations like? Like, what is that process like? Because, you know, I don't know. And it would be ignorant for me to kind of just say like, oh, he shouldn't be using his mental illness as an excuse because I have never, I don't suffer with mental illness, but it kind of feels that way. Um, But I don't want to be insensitive. So I would love to speak to somebody who does struggle or listeners, if you have any thoughts, please share um, with me what you guys think. Do you guys think that that's, that's, that's real? And that's ha- that happens. And does Nathan or did Nathan owe Issa an apology or owe a conversation to her maybe earlier? Or do you believe that because Nathan was uncomfortable with his diagnosis, uncomfortable with him having mental illness, he could not talk about it to other people. And that's why he kind of, you know, just never had that difficult conversation. Again, what we see a common theme and insecure is communication. You know, there are a lot of issues and problems that come up in this season because people are not communicating. And we see that with Nathan and Issa. We saw that we're we're definitely seeing it with Molly and Issa. And we saw that with Lawrence and Issa back in a couple of seasons ago. Um, And so if nothing else, y'all, I think the the writers are trying to tell us that millennials don't know how to communicate and have difficult conversations. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, we definitely see a common theme. So Issa has that conversation with Nathan. Nathan confides in her that he is bipolar. Um, they, they talk about it and then that's kind of the end. That's where they, well, they end up going back to his old apartment, which he shared with Andrew. And, uh, that's where we see the Molly and Issa drinking game fiasco. But I want to just, you know, say that you know, if I had to choose between Lawrence and Nathan, if I had to choose, I can't believe I'm saying this. And I'm not talking about, so So I feel like this is new Lawrence. So I get a pass because I am not a fan of old Lawrence, but the Lawrence of new, right? I, I kind of would, I kind of would give it the edge to Lawrence. Like I kind of would. I know that's, that sounds kind of crazy that I'm doing that, but Nathan just isn't doing it for me anymore. He's not doing it for me anymore. Um, and Lawrence, you know, Lawrence and Issa look like they've been having a good time. So, you know, I'm all about sis having a good time. I'm all about my sis, my good sis having a good time. Okay. So we are, so that, that is, Lawrence and Issa, Issa and Nathan. I will say that the same way I got onto Molly about being emotionally mature and 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 having emotional intelligence when it came to Andrew, but not when it came to Issa. I believe Issa's communication skills are off are off when it concerns Molly. Um, Issa can have those difficult conversations with Lawrence. She can have that awkward conversation with Nathan. But she does not or is not having that conversation with Molly. We see that in the episode because um, Issa finally reaches out to Molly. Listen, you know, I talked about that in the last, last episode about who reaches out first, who should reach out first. I knew Issa was going to be the one to do it because 
you know, a lot of times we just, I think Issa just wants to be at peace with everything in her life. And so she's going to make the effort. She's going to extend the olive branch. And we see Molly, uh, her, her first scene in the episode is her having a conversation with the Black therapist. Okay, so I love the Black therapist Molly moment in the episode. Girl, it was so good. The baby, the, the 30 seconds was, I was like, yes, this is, this is it. My favorite part, which is my hidden gem, is when the therapist was trying to get Molly to see that when you are in relationship with someone, sometimes it's not about who's right and who's wrong. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to wrong you. Your job now is to determine whether or not the relationship that you have with that person, platonic or not, friendship or not, romantic or not, is worth the work that is required in order to fix the relationship and repair it from its broken state. So that's why she was kind of asking Molly, does the relationship with Issa serve you, right? Is the relationship with Issa something that helps you and helps the new version of you or helps the the future version of you, right? And Molly kind of answered the question basically saying that her and Issa have been friends for a long time. And this is where I think Insecure does a phenomenal job of getting us to think about things much deeper than what we see on TV. The question now becomes, does history with your friendship, does the history of a friendship or a romantic relationship outweigh the value of that relationship in your life, right? A lot of people are friends with someone because they've been friends with them for X amount of years, but that friendship may be toxic. It may be negative. It may not serve them in any capacity. It may not be, or it may not align with the person that they are currently. Um, And so now the question is, is there a sense of allegiance is there a sense of loyalty? Is there are are we being loyal to things that no longer serve us just because of the time served? Right? Are we are we holding on to things just because they are more nostalgic to us than helpful to us? This is fr- these are friendships. These are romantic relationships. And we see history over value and Molly and Issa's friendship, but we also see history versus value, or rather history versus value in Lawrence and Issa's relationship, right? Does the history of Issa and Lawrence allow for Issa to reconnect and reconcile with him? And does that relationship now serve value to her? Or is she just with Lawrence Lawrence because it's familiar? Is she just with Lawrence because of time served? So we see both of those things playing, uh, both b- that question playing in 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 Issa's friendship with Molly, but also in Issa's relationship with Lawrence, and and that's and that's true for all of us, right? Is it is are we sometimes in friendships and relationships because we have 
put in a lot of time in those friendships and relationships, not because they're, they serve us anymore, right? Or that they're helpful to us anymore, or that they are helping us be in becoming a better version of ourselves. But because I've known this person since middle school, or we've been friends since we were kids, or I, we were together in high school, we were high school sweethearts. Like, does the relationship or does the time served in the relationship become the only binding factor for you all to be together? And there is nothing else that is necessarily positive or helpful or beneficial to you. It's just the fact that you all have been friends for X amount of years. Thought that was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful conversation that the therapist was trying to pull out of Molly to see. Like, girl, you know, is Issa's friendship worth fighting for? And if it is, then do it. But if you feel like it's not, then leave it. Um, And so uh, Issa ends up reaching out to Molly. Molly, they they end up going to brunch. And um, it's pretty much, you know, they don't have that conversation about the block party. They don't have the conversation about any of the issues that they had prior to the block party. And I think, um, again, I'm going to get get on Issa about this. Issa ha- has, has the ability to have those conversations, right? She has the ability to have those difficult conversations. She demonstrated that ability with Lawrence and, and Nathan, but she didn't do it with Molly. And I, I'm unclear, unsure of why. Maybe she feels like she's trying, or at least she she was the one that reached out first. So she feels like Molly should also meet her halfway um, in, 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 you know, trying to reconcile and trying to repair the friendship. But I kind of feel like Issa should have just brought it up and just said, girl, you know, can we just talk about what happened? And then just let it go from there. And then if Molly is unwilling to have that conversation with her, then you got you kind of know where you stand and you move on, right? But let me get on Molly for a little bit because Molly this entire season has kind of blown me um, because Molly thinks that she is God's gift to every single relationship that she's in, whether it's her relationship with Andrew, who I think is a little bit scared of her and doesn't want to tell her how she's, she's being completely immature, or her relationship with Issa, or her relationship with Torian, or her relationship with Dr- like it's just a level of I don't do anything wrong, and everybody does does something wrong to me, and so therefore I'm not going to take accountability of my actions. Molly, ma'am, first of all, you you accidentally text Issa at the um, drinking game thing, and then. When you went to the brunch and then you complained to Andrew that you felt like the brunch was superficially, I didn't really talk about anything, but you didn't bring up anything. You didn't talk. You didn't bring it up. If you wanted to talk about it, Molly, you should have just brought it up. That's how I feel. If something is on my heart, I know why we're here. I'm going to bring it up and we're going to talk about it because anything else is a waste of my time. And it's like, Molly wants Issa to do all of the work. Molly acts like Issa cheated on her, like Issa cheated on Lauren. And Issa has to jump through hoops just to get Molly to forgive her. And it's like, Molly, you're not, Issa's not the only one that has wronged you, right? 
But again, Molly doesn't think she's done anything wrong. And when you have someone who cannot take accountability, then the conversation is 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 null and void. It it, it goes nowhere. Molly has exhibited a level of accountability, self-awareness in her relationship with Andrew to a certain extent that she has not experienced or she has not exhibited with Issa. The same goes true for Andrew's brother. While I while I definitely don't agree that um I, I definitely don't agree with what Andrew's brother said to her at the pool. If it is clearly important to your partner that you have some kind of relationship with your partner's brother, is it not at least, you know, a little mature for you maybe to not necessarily be friends or be cool with the brother, but at least hear the brother out and at least come to a level of understanding? And we see Molly's unwillingness to do that with Andrew's brother and also unwillingness to do it with Issa. So it's kind of like, girl, like, what do you want? Do you just want to be your, with your man and that's it? Like, and just not have friends? Like, I don't understand. I don't get it. And I don't know if Molly has any other friends outside of Kelly, Issa, and uh, what's the girl's name? Tiffany. Um, but it's just kind of like, Molly, first of all, you were the one that was wrong at the block party. Now you may have had your reasons why you did that, but you could have at least let off with that, sis. Like, listen, I didn't mean to come at you crazy at your block party. And that would have maybe opened up Issa to say, and I'm sorry about the way I treated our Thanksgiving. And Molly thinks that she's trying by letting Issa stay for dinner and them talking and reminiscing about old times. And this is where Molly says to Issa, you know, I just don't think that this new Issa fits into my life. And Issa, you know, on the verge of tears is saying like, okay, okay. I mean, she's upset. She's hurt. She's angry. She's, you know, she feels embarrassed, I'm sure. And Molly, that's, that's the first thing that comes out of your mouth. And so it's like, Molly kind of says, okay, like she's shocked that Issa is not putting up a fight. And again, we see exactly what Issa was talking about in episode eight or nine or seven. Issa seems to be the only one that continues to try to reach out and repair anytime they have an argument because Molly said, okay, like, whoa, I didn't expect you to agree with me, right? I didn't expect you to not put up a fight because I think that's what Molly is used to Issa doing. And when Issa just kind of said, okay, I think Molly just kind of was taken aback and she was just like, so that's it? So you're not about to, it's kind of like, you know how when we break up with, (laughs) when girls break up with their dude, but they really want the dude to fight for them. And then when he doesn't put up a fight, you get, you, you get upset, but you broke up with him. It's very similar, very similar that back and forth. Girl, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Do you want to be friends with Issa or not? Do you think she serves you in your new life or not? You know, it's like, I don't, I just don't understand how Molly doesn't think she did anything wrong. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't see it. I'm like, how do you not see it? And Andrew, do you think Andrew should just tell her, like, call a spade a spade and just be like, sit, like, you are being crazy. You should not have went off on her at that block party. That was wrong. Do you think Andrew's afraid of her or scared of her losing her? I don't know. I low-key think he's afraid of losing her. That's why he's not saying anything. 
But that's kind of where the the show leaves or that's where the show ends is that. Um, And I just, I definitely think Issa should have had the conversation, but I think Molly has, has to, she has to put forth more effort and she's not willing to do it. So you just have to let it go. I think at this point, Issa, it would better serve Issa if she just kind of let it go. And if it comes back to her, then she can address it at that point. But I feel like Issa has tried. She's reached out. And yeah, maybe she didn't have the difficult conversation, but she she created a space and an opportunity for them to have that conversation. And Molly just kind of was not feeling it. So I really believe that the onus is on Molly next time. If there is a next time, she has to be the one to reach out to Issa. I'm sorry. I feel like Issa has done her part in, in, that, in that respect. She has tried. And Molly is just not being receptive. So that's it. That's that on that. So we see that Molly is in therapy. She has a black therapist. Do you think Issa should be in therapy? I was all I was thinking about that. I was like, why isn't Issa in therapy? Can I mean therapy is expensive. So I think that that is um probably a part of it, is that therapy does come with cost. Um, but, um, I think Issa would probably benefit from therapy too. Um, and I don't know if there's any free services or free therapy that is out there for people who can't necessarily afford a private therapist. But I, I, I thought about that in the episode. I was just like, huh, I wonder why Issa's not in therapy. All right. So let's, let's get to my hidden gems. Um, my hidden gem for the, for the season, for the episode was, uh, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be in a relationship? Um, I think that that is very applicable to me specifically because I think maybe a couple a year ago I I or or rather let me let me be honest a couple of months ago <laughs> I dealt with some friendship conflict and it was really difficult for me to reach out because I felt like it wasn't my fault that I was having issues or that our, my friendship with this person was at the state that it was. And so I didn't reach out and I waited and I waited and I waited. And, um, I don't know, something in me was just like, you know what, just say it because clearly it's bothering you and clearly you have to say something. So, you know, determining who's at fault in, in friendships specifically and whether or not someone should, or is obligated to reach out, I think sometimes goes out of the window when you have, when you have been friends with someone for a long time. Now, I'm not saying that it should reach an unhealthy level where you are literally begging someone to be in in a, in, in a relationship with you, friendship or not. But sometimes it's not about who's at fault. It's about whether or not you guys want to work on the relationship. And this episode does a great job of honing in on that specific idea that sometimes it's not about being right. It's about whether or not this relationship is worth fighting for. I love that hidden gem. Fashion moments, you know I'm rolling with my girl. I will say episode eight, I loved Issa's red dress. It was beautiful. She That's the best she's looked all season. Okay. Um, but this episode, 
my fashion moment definitely had to go to Molly again. Um, the turquoise monochromatic moment. Ugh. I found the designer that styled Molly this season. I think her name is Shionats or Shionette or something. Girl, you deserve all of the coins, all of the awards. You killed it this season. Like she has not, she did not miss. She did not miss. The turquoise outfit was fire. The the um the outfit Molly wore to her therapy session, fire. Like it was just like it's it's just like hot fire. Like it's just hot fire. Like I just I was like, wow, this lady is very talented. Um, so those were my two favorite moments, two favorite fashion moments. And then the um the comedic relief. I didn't really have a comedic. I felt like this 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 episode was very intense. I had one of my friends text me and say that she felt this this episode was very intense. Maybe that's kind of what Carrie Washington brought to the table. I will say I definitely noticed a difference because I think Carrie did a did a really good job of highlighting the landscape of LA. Like we could see the cities. We could see Inglewood. She there were a lot of shots, you know, around the community and looking at the artwork and the buildings and stuff. So I definitely thought that that was great, but I didn't really have a comedic moment in this episode. So I I watched the sneak peek for episode 10, which is the last one. Do you think that Molly and Issa are using their relationships to distract them from the issue that they're having in their friendships? That's what I thought about. Because both of them are now in some kind of some form of relationship. And I think that they're kind of using the relationship as a crutch, as a um, kind of band-aid to help them cope with the loss of their friendship with each other. And it's, it's, it's very sad to see. It's very sad because I don't think there will be any reconciliation in the last episode. Like, I think that this was it. Like, this was the, the attempt. It didn't work. I prop. I, I imagine that they're not going to be friends by the end of the season. And then maybe season, the next season, season five, we'll see maybe another attempt at reconciliation. That is it, y'all. I, I'm under, I'm under 45 minutes. Hey, um, I'm feeling much better. Thank you guys. Thank you to everyone who reached out to me after listening to Remember in November. Shout out to all of the listeners that reached out to me. Shout out to my friends who reached out to me and checked on me after that. Um, you know, I, I, I really appreciate you guys. I really appreciate the support and the love that I've received um, doing this podcast and doing the series, the series low key like hella good as F review. Again, if you are not following us, please become a member of our family. You can follow us on Instagram at twenty ish. That's the number two W E N T Y underscore I S H P O D. Um, we are almost done with this with this series. Uh, it has been an interesting journey. I have learned a lot. I I am thankful for you all. Um, and that's, that's it. That's all I got. Let me know what you thought. Let me know what you thought about the episode. Let me know your thoughts about Lawrence and Issa, uh, Molly and Issa, 
is, are you Lawrence Hive? Are you Team Lawrence on this one? Are you Team Nathan? Um, give me, give me your thoughts. I want to hear from you. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening. Love and light to you. Take care.